Hi, Sam. Hi, Lauren. Are you ready to talk about Mad Max Fury Road? I am, because after all, we are the watchers of movies. Oh, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I just got off work a little bit ago and had some dinner and now I'm trying to find my phone. Yeah, no we're doing a, a rare evening recording. <laughs> yes. So that's kind of novel. <laughs> Normally we do it in like Saturday, like at 1 p.m. But tonight we had a little bit of a, you know, a hiccup. So um, we just want to thank everyone for being like really patient with us. You know, it, things happen. We try and and plan for all outcomes, but it's it's just part of life. So we appreciate you guys, you know, hanging on and waiting for us for another week. We planned, yeah. planned to do it a little earlier, but you know, life <laughs> got in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it's good. It's um, it was weird yesterday because I usually do the editing on Sundays, mm-hmm. so I was sort of like pacing, being like, "This is weird. I've got nothing to do." <laughs> <laughs> so I watched the Academy Awards, and that was maybe one of the most boring telecasts I've ever watched in my life. Was it? Because you watch awful. it like religiously every year, right? Yeah, I really enjoy it because I mean. I'm not a mark. I know that awards are, there's a per, a large percentage of awards that are political mm-hmm. and like people pay for awards and, and they're not all just like, here's, you did really good. Here's your award. I mean, I think that is the case some of the time. I'm not like a totally jaded, but I'm, I'm also, I'm aware that it's not like the end all be all of what's good and what's not good, but I do enjoy it. And I think it's, it's like the Olympics for me where it's really fun and heartwarming to see somebody achieve one of the greatest achievements in their chosen career field, you know? And I oh, think for sure. it's pretty, it's kind of beautiful, but I also just really like it cause I like movies and I like Hollywood and stuff, but I mean, it was so serious and I know that the, the world is, there's a lot going on in the world that's very serious. And so I was, very like I was disappointed because I thought give me something lighthearted you know I mean you can do something a little bit lighthearted without totally being disrespectful to the serious things that are happening in the world and I just was looking for something fun like give me give me an a host that makes fun of people you know give me wait who was the host this year there wasn't really a host it was just basically like different people saying really nice things about other celebrities and I don't want to hear that (laughs) no it was super boring it was too serious it needed levity it just needed something and I started reading like I was reading a book so I was reading in the during the Oscars which I usually don't do usually I enjoy watching the whole thing even the boring awards but I started reading and they changed up the the order and they did best picture usually best picture is the very last award but they did pe- best picture before they did best actress and best actor and mm-hmm. 
So I looked up at my TV and I was like, best picture. This book is not that engrossing. Did I miss the actor categories? Because I really wanted Carrie Mulligan to win for Promising Young Woman. And uh, and then did I realized did? she did not. Frances McDormand won, which is, I love her too, but I never saw, I haven't seen Nomadland, so I, I don't know. But um, anyway, they switched it up and... And so Best Picture, which was also Nomadland, was the third to last award. And so that was that was probably the most exciting moment of the <laughs> night when the awards were in a different order. And uh, so... I'm thrilling. Like, Sounds thrilling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never watch the Oscars because I find them incredibly boring. So <laughs> that would I would probably be extra bored at that one. It was yeah. bad. It was was it like in a crowded theater and everything or they had a few people. Yeah, they had uh it wasn't crowded, but it was it was kind of cool because they had all of the all the nominees that could be there were there and um obviously there were some that were in other countries that couldn't travel and maybe some I'm assuming maybe some just didn't want to come. I'm not sure. Yeah, cuz like Anthony Hopkins won for best actor and he wasn't there to accept his award but he's pretty old so i don't blame him but um yeah he's like in his 90s or something or late 80s but it was kind of fun it was fun to see people just sort of like being in a room together because i'm not one of <laughs> i see a lot of social media posts where people are like when i see big crowds i'm like where are their masks and I'm, I'm not like that like when i see big crowds on tv like in older productions like things pre-covid I love it. Like, just show me normal life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think people should, don't get me wrong. People should be smart, but I'm just saying they did all the protocols. They took care of business. They did testing. People had been vaccinated and it was really refreshing to just see a, a group of people without masks on. And I believe but it. they had taken precautions. I'm not one of those people who's like, do whatever you want you know they they'd taken precautions and everything but it was just refreshing to see like normal life sort of starting to return you know yeah 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 that's good that's good and i understand that too it's like you're like oh finally it's just normal <laughs> yeah yeah um so I watched a couple interesting movies this weekend with my friends that came into town emily we watched this one called Willy's Wonderland, and it's with Nicolas Cage, and it is the campiest film I have seen in a long time. Like, Is it new? I've never heard of it. It's new. Yeah, I think it's from this year or like last year or something, so it's really new. And it's like this guy who gets um, hired to do cleaning at this, like, pretty much like a Chuck E. Cheese, like an off-brand Chuck E. Cheese's, but like a really creepy Chuck E. Cheese's. <laughs> and these animatronic things start coming to life and killing him or trying to kill him. But he is like super good at fighting. So he's like killing these animatronic things. And the storyline was ridiculous, but I liked it like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was one of those movies where there's definitely a lot of issues like there's absolutely no explanation as to who nick nick's nick cage's character was and he had not a single line of dialogue in the entire movie 
Um, oh, wow. Yeah, which was interesting. But it was like you were kind of hoping that they were going to give some sort of backstory or something about him, and they never did. So you're kind of like, okay. So anyway, um, but it held my interest the entire time. And the entire time, I was like, I mean, it was like not scary, but it definitely like it kept you on edge. And it was honestly one of the better like horror movies I've seen in a while. And that's saying something because it was not the greatest movie, but it was it was entertaining. It was how really did you, how did you hear about it? Did you know about it or did you just like were you just scrolling and you saw it and decided to give it a shot? No, um, Emily brought the DVD over and she's like, we should watch this. And I was like, I'm like reading the back and I'm like, this looks kind of stupid. But then I was like, let's watch it. And so we watched it and we were both like, but she hadn't seen it before. She no, owned, she'd never she seen the it. DVD? She just, yeah. She just wanted to bring, no, no, she didn't own it. She brought it from the library. Oh, okay. She went to the library. Yeah. So she brought that and it was just like the bizarrest Again, campiest film, but so entertaining. And I oh, would recommend it. If you like horror, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's like definitely kind of in the same category as like Cabin in the Woods slash Evil Dead without the Cabin in the Woods part. But like, you know what I mean? Like where it's, it's very like campy. So, and I know I've said that a bunch of times, but honestly, it's, I could see it becoming... I could see it becoming a cult classic. Interesting. I've never yeah. heard of it. It sounds and looks bonkers, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And then we watched this other one called Freaky, which was really fun at a dark in a dark way. But it's it's like about this serial killer who trades places with like a teenage girl. And it's like this, like a Freaky Friday thing, but like it, it was like it was like Freaky Friday means meets like the hot chick. Did you ever see that one? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Meets like serial killers. <laughs> like it was very. It was yeah. Very I saw the trailer weird. for Freaky, and it it looks pretty creative yeah it was it was definitely a very clever take on a very old trope um and i would recommend that one too interesting yeah, yeah. no cool you had a, a weekend of movies i did yeah <laughs> i also watched this other terrible one and i just want to everyone to avoid it it's called charm don't even waste your time it's on netflix and it's starring wilmer Walderama and like demi lovato and if you watch it you're gonna be so mad at yourself because is it a scary garbage. movie what is it a scary movie no it's like a kid's movie and we were oh. like let's watch this i want to watch it and then we and i was about there was this one song i know that these like princesses well i just like, like the fact that you're like shocked that a kid's movie is garbage okay but there's a lot of great kids movies out there there's a lot of great kids movies out there. Okay. <laughs> you cannot argue that kids movies are bad. That's no, I don't think kids movies are bad, but I think like Netflix original kids movies aren't. Oh, well, that, good. <laughs> yeah, that might be kind of true, but it was, it was like, they sang this song that was like my trophy boy, my trophy boy. And then when they were singing that, that was the point where I was like, if I was alone, I would have turned this off by now. But you know what she did? She tortured me and she made me watch the entire thing. And I was no, like, you should have kicked her out of your apartment. 
right? <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, and she was like, that movie was garbage. And I was like, why did you make me watch the whole entire thing then? I wanted to turn it off. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. That's funny because Mike and I watched the original Mad Max on Thursday. Yeah. And neither of us had ever seen it. And I told him afterward that if I had tried to watch it on my own, I would have turned it off. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So that sucks. I'd always wanted to see that one. It's not, it, it, I think it, it was, in my opinion, it was pretty terrible. The first half, I did not care for it. It was not at all what I was picturing, first of all. Um, and second of all, it was just sort of like, bonkers and out there in a way that I didn't really like but Mike said that he kind of liked how stylized it was at first but then afterwards he he said that he didn't care for mm. the full thing either but I think it got slightly better and I'm using better very generously in the at the second half because it became more focused and more of a revenge story but it's still in my opinion wasn't that good there's parallels between that and fury road that i'm interested in talking about i guess i mean i'm glad i watched it uh because i was actually thinking about it because i'd never seen it and i was like well we're doing an episode on it maybe i should watch it but then i didn't but then when i was at his house he he brought it up he was like do you want to watch the original mad max and i was like oh sure and so yeah so um yeah so that was <laughs> That's disappointing. Well, I don't know. I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be awesome, but I was expecting to like it more. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's disappointing, you know. It still is, right? A little bit, maybe? No, yeah. I mean, I didn't expect... I don't know. I'm not disappointed that I didn't <laughs> okay. like it. Okay. I'm just... <clears throat> I don't know if anything, I'm disappointed that I watch the whole thing but <laughs> right. yeah no i get i get that believe me i get that regret. and i'm not saying like, like <laughs> and mike did say he said i can totally see how this became a cult classic and i agree with him he's not wrong um because it is kind of stylized and unique and um you know but wait is it just called not mad for max me. or is it called like isn't it is it be, like is there something else to the title well, there's um, a sequel that's called, like, Beyond the Thunderdome, but the first one, I think, is just called Mad Max. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So, are you ready to do our mini topic? I sure am. All right. Do you want to go first, or should I? Well, sure. Um, my number one post-apocalyptic <laughs> <Okay>. movie, <laughs> what? I was like, that wasn't a yes or no question. But you just, but whatever, go on. Okay, go on. My first post-apocalyptic movie that I strongly dislike is Snowpiercer. Oh, I liked that one. I know you I did. I don't care why you liked, you disliked it. Why the did thing you dislike is, it? The thing about Snowpiercer is it has what I would say good bones. It's okay, very okay. unique it's stylized in a way that should be appealing and it creates this new, this other world. And there's some parts in it that are like really clever humor, but I 
am not a fan of Chris Evans. I think he's just not great in the movie. I I don't like him in the movie and I and I think that the movie is like kind of long and maybe a little boring in places. But there's this part one of the things that stuck out to me that I don't like is Chris Evans has this soliloquy about babies, like human babies, their meat tasting better than adult meat. Oh, and yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I can't think of a stupider line in a movie ever <laughs> because I just, I just think it's terrible. And But I will admit if they had shortened it and if a different actor was the lead, maybe I would have liked it more, but as it stands, it's just not, I didn't like, and I know it, I know it surprises me much like the cartoon Archer. When I watched Snowpiercer, I thought this is something I would probably normally like, but there's just something I don't like about it. And that's how I feel about Archer as well. Like, all the elements in that cartoon are there for me to like it, but I can't stand it. So, you know, I know exactly why you don't like it. It's because everyone yells the whole time. That's the main reason. Yeah. Yeah, It's loud. (laughs) It's a loud show, but I just, I just, yeah, there's just something on Snowpiercer that's just a little bit off for me and it's off enough that I, I never feel like watch. I would never like, I would never bring it up to watch again. If somebody wanted to watch it, I may give it another shot, but it would never be my choice. Like I would never suggest it. And if I was alone, I would never watch it. And I, you know what I mean? It's just not, I don't care for it. I really liked it. I thought it was a unique, like what you said, it's stylized. Um, I like Chris Evans. So I, I think it's very, I like I understand where you're coming from and I do think it's just kind of strange because it does seem like it has all of the like right like elements for you to like it but you know it's not your thing it's not your thing I mean I thought that promiscuous young woman had all the elements that I would like and that movie disturbed me to the point where I didn't even listen to our episode so (laughs) like it, it like really freaked me out so I was like okay so yeah, you know, and I would never watch a movie again. Not if I could help it. Nope. No fucking way. So I get it. Yeah. Oh, mine. Duh. Um, my first one is the book of Eli with Denzel I have that on my bad list. Oh, do you? <laughs> yes. I don't think I included any ones that are, are bad. They, oh well, some of them are. Um, whatever. Um, I you didn't like the book of Eli? How come you didn't like it? Uh, I thought it was like super melodramatic and the, but wait, this isn't about me. This is about what you like about it. So talk it up. I think a lot more people liked it than disliked it. I feel like I'm kind of in the minority of this movie, but it just, I just didn't care for it. So I liked it from what I remember and I haven't seen this movie in a long time, uh, but I do own it is that I liked that it was from the perspective of a guy who was following his faith to like this new land which was you know safer than wherever else that he had this like knowledge that like no one else had um and i like gary oldman a lot so i liked his part a lot in that movie and i like mila kunis a lot too to be honest with you and i think she did a great job i like their relationship between the two 
I, I really liked it. I, I thought it was interesting. I'm curious as to how I would view it now that I'm a little bit older and a little bit more of a critic, you know, because it's been, it's been a while. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. 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 I didn't really care for the revelation that he was blind. Um, yeah, that was, that seemed a little bit of a reach. I thought as I well, to be honest. Yeah. But I did really like the scene with, um, I think it's Mila Kunis's mother maybe. And mm-hmm. she felt the braille and you could tell that she knew what it said, but she wouldn't tell Gary Oldman. And I thought that was a pretty cool scene. Yes, you don't even remember and that. And the but... scene, the scene with the cannibals was pretty creepy in a cool way as well. Oh yeah, singing that weird song, like that scene stuck with me. So I don't think it's a terrible movie. Um, I just I think that there's a little bit too much melodrama for me. That's why I don't like it. But I, I, there are parts in it that I think are decent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Time for you to go now. So um, this movie gets a lot of flack and I'm totally biased because I saw it probably when I was like nine years old and became obsessed with it, but it's Waterworld. And I, as Remember an, I was asking you the other day, if you liked Waterworld and you're like, oh yeah, big time, big time, big, big, big Waterworld. I was, and I was like, I was very surprised. I was like, really? You like Waterworld? Because I like it too. But I would think it was not up your alley. I would think it would be a little too ridiculous for you to be into it. But Well, I I first saw it as what? Like a nine-year-old girl? I don't know what year it even came out. I saw it like two or three years ago for the first time ever. Yeah, I don't know if, if I saw it now as an adult i don't know if i would like it okay i was 11 i was an 11 year old and the movie is like the movie revolves around a girl my age you know and so that's very appealing for a young girl and uh so it was like i loved it when i was a kid i had a barbie and i like drew a tattoo on her back with (laughs) sharpie and I read the novelization, which none of our listeners will be surprised to learn that I did that, but I read it <laughs> cover to cover multiple times. But if I saw it as an adult, I think I probably wouldn't care for it. And I I haven't seen it in decades. And I, I don't know. I don't even know if I want to see it again. You know what I mean? Like, do I want to ruin it? Do I want to ruin it for myself? Possibly. So, but I really liked it as a kid and my memories of it are very fond, but I am not blind to the fact that people think it's ridiculous and I understand that, you know? Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it's fun. It's ridiculous and fun. That's why it's so great. It's, you know, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it is fun. It is fun. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. And Dennis Hopper is in it and kevin costner pees and drinks his own pee and nope (laughs) well he purifies it you know so i yeah well i guess that's okay (laughs) um yeah i mean it's you know it's just a ridiculous fun post-apocalyptic movie i'm i'm curious as to what you would think of it now yeah like 
I think my nostalgia would probably carry me far enough to like have fun watching it, but I am curious about what I would think of it if I watched it for the first time now, you know? Yeah. 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 Anyway, you only saw it for the first time like two or three years ago? Yeah, I've only ever seen it one time. Jeez. (laughs) I know. It was like, yeah, I think like probably 2000... 18 or 17 yeah a couple years (laughs) nice (laughs) so my next one is um it comes at night and it was kind of like it's more like on the bad and i have a couple other ones but i kind of want to talk more about these ones um so I don't know if you, have you ever heard of it? It's with uh, Joel Edgerton and like, Riley Keough is in it, and it's like about this disease that's like spreading throughout the land, and people have to um, like keep themselves quarantined. It didn't come out during like COVID or anything because <laughs> we <laughs> Sam and I have talked about that many times. And there's this new movie called Songbird that's about COVID twenty three, and we're both like, "Oh, shut up!" You know, just give us a damn break. We just want to not have COVID anywhere. Anyway, no, I haven't heard of it. Comes at night. So it came out a couple years ago, and um, it was like advertises like a slow burn type. But I just kind of thought it was boring, and I think that it had an interesting, again, it was like, like what you said, like an interesting backbone because of this disease, and it was, and it did have like these moments where you're like, okay, this is, this is good and emotional, but for the most part, it made no real big impact on me, and I was hoping for more of one, and I was kind of just like, I'm like, how long is this fucking movie? You know, and then it ended and I was like, okay, well, that was that. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it seemed like the, the trailer made it seem like it was going to be a lot spookier than it was. So I thought it was going to be more on edge and I just, I wasn't, I was yeah. like not impressed. Yeah. I, I get it. I know what you mean with movies like that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What's your next one? Uh, so my next one is Children of Men, which I really Oh my god, enjoyed. mine was on that list too. Really? You enjoyed yeah, it? Yeah, I liked it. Did you like it? I liked it a lot. Yeah, I I think it's pretty creative and it uh, is very intense. And I I think much like Mad Max Fury Road, um, I find movies in that... I I find post-apocalyptic movies where evil opportunists abound to be almost the most interesting types. Yes, I agree. In some way. I mean, I know, I guess um, the Book of Eli kind of has that as well. I was just thinking that but, too. I was like, that's kind of why I like the Book of Eli. <laughs> and I, And that's not why I don't like the Book of Eli, you know, because I, I think... In a situ- I think it's very realistic that people would be beside themselves and some people would lean toward violence and trying to be in control and others would just sort of toe the line. And, and Children of Men had this very like creepy, I don't know, C or D storyline about this suicide kit that you could buy 
if you want, you know, when you wanted to kill yourself. Um, and I just, I think it, it's dark and it's fascinating. Uh, and, and I, at the time it came out, I thought, I think Clive Owen was sort of having like this tremendous career high Mm-hmm. And he was just so good in the movie as kind of like a tired, older protagonist, uh, and and him and Julianne Moore is I, I know you're not a big fan of Julianne Moore, but I actually I I am I do like her. Um, I, I was gonna say this. You sh- no, no, it, it depends on the role. It's totally on the role because I liked her in this movie, but I find, but like well, like we you know last week we did Jurassic Park or two weeks ago whatever and i talked about how she was in the lost world and i i fucking hated her character in that because i thought she was just like she didn't care about anyone's safety you know so it's it's role to role i don't dislike her as an actress at all it's just very much it's role to role okay well i was gonna say this nights yeah yeah um i was gonna say this last time but i didn't get a chance but i think her role her role in the movie still alice um really cemented her in my head as a really great actress and i would recommend that movie to anyone it's very very sad yeah i um, wanted to see that where she has alzheimer's mm-hmm. i would yeah. highly recommend it um but yeah and michael kane is in children of men and it's and um i don't know it's it's i i really enjoy it i give it two thumbs up and it's a Quran movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He does, honestly, he does great stuff. <laughs> like, I've, I've never seen a movie of his I didn't like. I'm, I mean, I've never seen Itu Mama Tambian, and I know that he kind of made his, like, he kind of got famous from that one. But, I've seen that uh, one. It's good. It's, is that, I've always yeah. wanted to see it because I like Gael Garcia Bernal, but, um, it's good. Yeah. I I saw it a long time ago when I was probably definitely too immature to really understand a lot of the the emotions behind the things that happened in the movie and I think probably seeing it now I would appreciate it even more, I think. Mhm. Um so my last one is called Contracted and it's not so much a post-apocalyptic movie as it is the beginning or the um, hint of the beginning of an apocalypse. So it's about this woman who gets raped at a party by a guy who works at a morgue and you find out that this guy has been having sex with the corpses and gives her like this life-threatening what you kind of assume is like a sexually transmitted disease but it essentially starts turning her into a zombie. And well, that's like an urban legend that I feel like I heard in like junior high. It's a very much a body horror movie. So if you're squeamish, I mean, I was like, it was a little rough for me to watch it, but it wasn't terrible for me. And I'm very squeamish. So, um, but it, it's like the one, I wouldn't say it's necessarily the best movie, but it's clever. And it kept me going. I mean, I, I watched the whole thing and I liked it. I don't think I'd watch it again. Well, like if a friend wanted to, but I wouldn't like seek it out on my own. But um, the one thing that bothered me is this guy who is her doctor is like, I don't know if he went to like the Bahamas to get his doctorate or something <laughs> because 
this guy was such a fucking idiot. He's like, oh, well, it looks like you're really sick and maybe contagious. He's like, maybe just don't see people for a while. And I was like, no, you need to commit her to a hospital where she can literally be quarantined. Like, if this is so terribly contagious, like, is this Ebola levels of contagious? Then people are going to start dying. And so, of course, she doesn't. And she starts going out and, like, hanging out with people. And, and she's um, not a likable character. So you don't root for her, like, at all. Like, she's pretty much kind of a piece of shit the entire movie. So it's like this interesting watch where you're like oh this girl is just the worst but at the same time like you feel sorry for her because she's literally like rotting and I I don't know actually I kind of like that movie now that I'm talking about it, I'm like actually I did kind of like that movie so I would recommend it's definitely it's a little bit gross and um it's body horror but if you like horror and you like zombies then you might like this movie yeah, so she does she go out and like sleep with a bunch of people and give it to them? Um, she sleeps with like one guy. Maybe oh, okay. a couple she might sleep with a couple of people. I can't quite remember. I think there was like a girl and a guy and um I mean, obviously what she had experienced was very traumatic, but they kind of like don't really mention it a lot other than like her because like her body's falling apart. So I think she's starting to focus more on that than the fact that she was assaulted, you know? Sure. Um but it's very like yeah it's it's an interesting concept though i thought it was a clever clever way of of doing a, a zombie film so yeah say. yeah so are you ready to talk about the movie let's do it i'm ready okay. so what did you think of the movie i love this movie it's awesome i um, do so i had one major comment that i was gonna make and right before the show started I saw something on Google that sort of took the wind out of my sails, but my one comment about the movie that I wanted to make sure to say was that I think the movie totally should have been called Furiosa. I'm actually kind of, I think it's pretty stupid cop out that it's called Mad Max Fury Road because the movie's about Furiosa and it should be called Furiosa and I don't think they'd have to change anything. I think it could be like... If they wanted, if they thought that Mad Max would sell tickets, then they could say, like, on the poster, like, from the visionary mind of the Mad Max movies or from the visionary mind of Mad Max, Furiosa. And then you could still have the character named Mad. Like, everything could be the same. Just call the movie Furiosa because calling it Mad Max seems really stupid. It reminds me of... um the thing you told me about Pan's Labyrinth, how they were like, well, we have to call it Pan's Labyrinth because people know Pan. And I feel like that's like the same stupid logic they must have used. But what I saw was I was looking up the cast list for Mad Max as I do before we record. Wait, wait. I want to say one thing and that I was saying the exact thing to Emily was I was like, this movie's not about Max. It's about Furiosa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, I'm glad I, I assumed that you would probably agree with me. Yeah. But when I looked up the cast list, I apparently they're making a movie called Furiosa and it's coming out in 2023, which I didn't know about. But oh, really? It, it was when I looked up the cast list, it had like had it listed. So I guess there is going to be a movie called Furiosa, but I think that they missed their a prime opportunity to have this movie be that. <laughs> so, but that's my, you know, like all things considered, that's a pretty small complaint because the movie itself could stay the same. I just think they copped out on the title. Right. Yeah. No, I agree with you. It's, it, it, it's the same thing with, um, 
when I was telling you about dread, you remember with, um, with, uh, Carl Urban, and it's not actually really about Dread at all. It's about the woman that he's working with, but it's such an iconic character because a lot of people know what Judge Dread is, you know, and that it's kind of it's like the same thing. But you're right, it is kind of a cop out. Like if they had been like from the, you know, people who did Judge Dread, but it's uh, it's kind of frustrating seeing films like this where there's like the lead female character but yet for some reason it's still named after the male character you know and it's like it's just like there's just seems to be like a lack of real um I don't know like people don't want to like, they think it's going to make, like, less money if it's named after a woman rather than a man, you know? Yeah, well, I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if I would say they think if it's named after... Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe they think that if people see the trailer and, like, oh, this is about a woman. But I also wonder if they were, like, oh, it's so bonkers. People might not give it a shot. So we have to make sure they know that it's a wacky futuristic. That's why it's Mad Max, you know? And right. so they think people won't take a chance. But, oh, I also wanted to mention that this movie was a recommendation from listener John. Yes. So thank you very Thanks, much, John. John. This is a great recommendation. And John has recommended other movies, Inherent Vice and Boogie Nights. So, you know... Thank you, John. This was a recommendation from listener John, if I didn't already say that. <laughs> and, <laughs> but yeah, you I who think was, you're. Who recommended it again? <laughs> uh, Jan. I'm not sure if it's a soft J. Jan. Jan. <laughs> but Jan. Um, I do think you're right, actually. They probably, yeah, it is kind of disappointing because they probably thought, oh, big tough men won't want to come see a movie about a big tough woman. Right. Maybe, right. Maybe that's their thought process. I don't know. But I think that, that it's because I was reading, I think on the wiki page that they were like, the movie is praised because of its like feminist under overtones or whatever. And I thought it's kind of like, that's totally true. It's very feminist and in a very cool way. But I, some of that is overshadowed. Just a very small shred is overshadowed for me. And that they used Mike, 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 Mike's <laughs> Mad Max. And in that they used Mad Max as the titular character. You you did it. <laughs> you got there. <laughs> um. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. I saw you struggling through that, but you did it. <laughs> I get my gold star, my podcast gold star. <laughs> Your podcast gold star. Um, so... What you were saying, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think it's it's a big fear for a lot of like Hollywood studios is that they're afraid to make a movie about you know an interesting badass female character that doesn't have any like romantic attachment or anything to like a guy, and she's and, not a sex object per se. Like right, I mean, she's like very she's sexy, but person. she's not a sex object. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like she's a real person with real, you know, like goals and dreams of her own. I know it's a crazy idea, but women are human and we are people. <laughs> so 
you know, uh, it's, it's frustrating, but I, I really like this movie. And despite that, that doesn't like take away from it, you know? And no, I, yeah, I don't like the movie any less. I just think that the decision-making is very frustrating. Yeah. In the title choice. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So you Um, like it? Oh yes. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's a, it's an entertaining film for sure. And um, I mean, it's, you know, the underlying, the underlying story is that this man has these women for essentially like breeding. He's using them to breed and the women don't want to be treated like slaves anymore and they want to have freedom. And so they escape in this super scary and dangerous way. But it's also, you know, it's like not irrelevant to just life in general, you know? Um, I think that there are aspects of our history and even of present day where anyone could really identify with a situation like this and say like, oh yeah, this shit's still happening in the world. And so it's, it's a very like heavy way of, I mean, it's a very heavy film for like what the, the story is, but it's also, it's just so refreshing because it's about women and about these women who are, are these very brave, incredible women escaping from this, um, terrible situation and um and i mean one of them is like eight months pregnant too like that was yeah like it's it's uh it's it's interesting and so i i did write some things down about um the um his kids and morton joe's kids Mm -hmm. and it seems like they have a lot of health problems yeah i was wondering about that because the moms are all very healthy right so are the disfi- where are these disfigurements coming from? Because he seems, I mean, he seems unhealthy because he's old, but he doesn't seem unhealthy. Like he doesn't seem to have like these disfigurements. So I'm not sure why. Because I think that they may have done it for a creepy thing. I'm not sure. And it doesn't really have any basis because they kind of seem like the results of like a weird inbreeding thing, but that's not the implication that anything else gives you know right and I was thinking that too and so I'm wondering you know in there there's like that scene where you're seeing this is like totally disturbing to me but that scene where you see those women hooked up to the oh yeah I hate that oh my god that was like the worst thing I was like I honestly like don't want to look at that (laughs) I think that that whole mother's milk thing could have just been taken out of the movie and it would have been like nobody would have missed it and I, I I did not I did not care for that, like, one single bit. And it it wasn't like, oh, this is so creative that it's making me uncomfortable. It's like, okay, this just seems like an excuse to do something gross that has no bearing on the movie whatsoever. Like, it's, you know, I think they could have just cut it out. I think I, I kind of agree with you, but I also kind of don't because I think that it's a good showing of, um, once a woman is like past her prime to have children or she's had too many, then her only other use is like producing milk. So it's essentially like, I mean, it's very much showing that these women are treated like chattel, you know, mm-hmm. like they're, they, what they are are purely for what their bodies can produce or what their, their importance is for. And so 
while I agree it's a disgusting scene and it doesn't necessarily need to be there, I also think it kind of necessarily does need to be there because it's just so indicative of this this situation that these women are escaping and how frightening and how scary and like this is their future essentially you know or who knows maybe if they can't produce children they'll be killed like you don't you know you don't know so it's it's I think yeah it's it's gross and it, it maybe was not necessary but at the same time I'm like well I kind of like that it was in there just because it, it does really bring that extra level of like disturbing Ness um, to the whole situation, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I I know what you mean, and and I, I I sort of agree. I think the visual is what really disturbed me, and I think that for as little as the mother's milk storyline came into play is why I thought it was unnecessary. Yeah. Um. But the visual is very disturbing, and. I didn't care for it either. <laughs> like, no, just, no, I agree. Yeah. It was super disturbing. It was, yeah. I mean, you know, that was like the thing I said was I was like, nope, <laughs> like not, this is not okay. Yeah, but I definitely would have liked to know why his kids had so many health problems, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause there was like the one guy that was in the chair and he looked like he could probably not walk because his body was like too out of proportion. Um, yeah, do you think this is just occurring to me right now? I didn't think about this before, but is it possible that any girl children he has, he turns them into wives? Oh. Because that oh. could cuz the whole time I was just thinking like they're just these weird inbred children, but I was never putting the dots together as to how that could be unless because it like male children become his warriors obviously or they like that one that sits in the chair who can't obviously be a warrior that you mentioned right but would female because obviously they're not all going to be males so do female children later become breeders unless i mean i think the implication is that furiosa was a breeder for a while um so she was and she was obviously stolen Right. So maybe not all of them are his children, but could some of them be his children? I think that that's, I think that's possible, you know, especially like um, the dag, you know. The, Is that you, the redheaded? No, the no, blonde? that's the very pale looking sickly blonde one. Yes. Okay. I had, to, yeah, their names are so odd that I was like, I had to look up the cast list just so I could. No, yeah, the dag. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're very they're very strange. Um yeah, the dag, like she looks almost like she could have been like a product of incest, maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just with how sickly she looks too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's possible for sure. It seems it's something that I hadn't thought about, as I said, but that seems very likely because what would girl children you know, they don't ever say what girl children become, but that would explain all the deformities. Yeah, no, that would, yeah, that you're definitely right. I mean, I don't think it's out of the, the possibility. I, I definitely don't think it's out of the possibility, like the realm of possibility. Like, I think that, that as, you know, it's, it's how fucked up this guy is, like, kind of like, yeah, that, that well, yeah, that makes sense, you know? Oof. 
Yeah, yeah, he actually, Mike sent me this fun fact after we watched Mad Max, but he was the original antagonist in the first Mad Max, Morton Joe was. Oh, really? He played a different, um, his character name was like, oh, I gotta look it up. It was Toe, Toe Cutter. And he kind of reminded me of, um, in the original Mad Max, he reminded me of uh, that actor who's in the IT crowd who's like, Father. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oh, Matt Barry. Matt Barry. Yes. I love Matt Barry. I was like, oh my gosh. Oh, no! I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder if Matt Barry was like, I wonder if Matt Barry's whole inspiration was Toe Cutter from the original Mad Max. But I didn't know that <laughs> the, that antagonist also played Immortan Joe. And so I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, parallel. Although I, I do have to say that... Um, the, Matt Barry does sound like that in all his roles. Uh, so I wonder if he's trying to be toe cutter the whole time. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he's very. Uh, he's got a very. Like I can recognize if he's in like a show where he's just a voice actor, I can recognize immediately that that's him. Like he's yeah. got just such a familiar voice, and I'm like, oh, that's Matt Barry. Um, I love his voice, but anyway, that's that is not this. So one of the things I wrote down, which isn't really important, but kind of was irritating me, is that there seems to be no central accent for some reason in this, like, very small region of the world. <laughs> Did you notice that there was, like, some people who were, like, straight to American, and then there were other people that, like, had English or, like, British accents? And I was like, what? What's happening here? Like, I wanted everyone to just have, like, a centralized no, like everyone have one accent like why does everyone have these like like it's you can't convince me that someone from britain is like i'm going to go travel over to the americas now the states and hang out with the all the other maniacs out on the road you know, <laughs> you know? Like, it's like, like you're not gonna like you're not gonna be able to convince me that there's some fucking airplane still working out there <laughs> person over to this really isolated part of the world and like, you know, like it just like it bothered me like I was just like excuse me I'm like why does no one sound like this they're from the same place come on that's funny because I I know exactly what you're talking about but it did not bother me in the slightest I just thought it like just was I mean the movie is about a guy who milks women and runs an empire like <laughs> controlling I mean, water <laughs> so, i'm just saying like, <laughs> no i know what you mean no i i hear what you're saying and i agree with you now but it did not stand out to me when i was watching the movie the only uh the only vocal performance accent wise that stood out to me was that i didn't care for tom hardy's like oh yeah his his like, accent super low like yeah he's like no, don't go over there <laughs> like I, you know it's just i so that was uh, not my favorite but otherwise it yeah no nothing really stuck out to me like that but you're right <laughs> yeah yeah it, it bothered me enough where i was like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um so that's I, I don't really have a lot of notes other than um the skeleton arm decal on Furiosa's uh where she was driving was like right where her missing arm was and I thought that was really cool yeah no I thought yeah. that was cool too I thought everything about her was pretty awesome she was great yeah yeah I like how she stole the 
the wives, the breeders, mm-hmm. and just sort of confidently drove off the path, even though she knew that they were going to get chased down. And she was always like one step ahead or maybe two or three steps ahead. And I thought that that was pretty cool with like the kill switches on the, on the water truck and everything. And I, I also like the, the myth of, well, not really a myth, but like her memory of the green place. Yeah. And when she got to the place where she thought when she got to where uh what are they the volvani i think is what they're called the women yeah um, from her old tribe um vovolini the vovolini vovolini uh when she got there she said this whole spiel of like what tribe she was from and where she came from and i thought that that was pretty cool like her whole history and uh, so i just thought she was an awesome character and i wish as i said that the movie had been about like the movie was about her but i wish that they would have had the guts to tell everyone that it was about her you know and i like just like you said i like that there it there was no romance between her and max oh i didn't say anything but i totally 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 one thousand percent agree i i mean you know that that drives me crazy when they stick a romance in there where it doesn't necessarily need to be like well, and my next comment was going to be something that really annoyed me was the weird romance between uh, Nux and Capable, played by Nicholas Holtz and Riley Keogh. Oh, really? Like, I, I didn't. I didn't think it was really romantic as much as it was a companionship. The see a companionship I was okay with, but I thought it like blurred the line a little, and I was like, are they like? I don't know. It seemed oddly romantic in a way that i didn't quite like see that didn't bother me at all in fact i liked that i like that little subplot i like that this was like because he was so i mean he was dying essentially when we see him in the beginning like he doesn't have like he's lost a bunch of blood and so then they get you know him strung up to his blood bag which was disgusting or what they call the blood bag right they call max what they yeah, or them. something like yeah. that and um which i don't quite understand how it's in any way beneficial to have your i mean is it like because his heart is speeding up and it's pumping more out of the like more blood out like it's like to have him in front of your truck so he's like oh my god i'm gonna die you know what my, I mean? maybe yeah i don't know i <laughs> The thing about that that kind of drove me nuts is that for the first third of the movie, Nux was dying and he needed to be hooked up to Max. Right. And then they got in a horrific car wreck and Max unhooked him and Nux was okay. Like he never yeah, he never suffered. suffered. He was actually like seemed like he was doing better than ever after right. that. And I didn't I didn't get it because they even made multiple references in the beginning. Like Splendid said he's just a like tweaker at the end of his half-life or something and then yeah when before they left for the big raid somebody else one of the other like warrior guys was like you're half dead you can't come you know so it the all implications at that point was like he's done for but then he was like thriving (laughs) which is weird too because he had a serious pretty serious tbi like he hit his head and he was out cold he would have had (laughs) Yeah, like, like, I, 
I have, I'm sure I've talked about this before, but it really bothers me when people get like a nasty concussion and they're like, I'm fine. I'm like, no, you're not. And you might die. (laughs) Like it's It's always just like, I'm, I have no headache. I just walked, I woke up, I had a bowl of cereal and I walked out and had, you know, a fine day. Like, you know, that reminds me of my blur, my vision's going blurry and a little dark every now and then, but I think I'm okay. (laughs) It reminds me of the Mission Impossible movie. I think it's Ghost Protocol when uh, Simon Pegg says to Tom Cruise, he's like, Ethan, you were dead minutes ago. And Ethan's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I love that. Like, he, he has no recollection of the fact that he was flatlining. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, it's... <laughs> Did you know that Riley Keogh is Elvis's granddaughter? Elvis Presley's granddaughter? Isn't that crazy? And she was Michael Jackson's stepdaughter for a brief I period do. of time. I do know that. What a lineage. Right? She's in this movie called um, the, La- the Lodge. I think I told you about it. It's with Richard. Yeah, Armitage. no, Mike, Mike watched it. Mike told me about it. Yeah. yeah with the, the two stepkids. I didn't like it. <laughs> it had so much promise and the ending was so... Ugh, I kind of just want you to see it because I want to know what you think. <laughs> you know what I mean? But anyway, I liked her in that. I thought she did a really good job in that, despite my not liking the movie. But um, yeah, so anyway. I really like the world this movie created. And maybe seeing this movie first tainted my idea of the original Mad Max and that might be why the original Mad Max was just not good but I also was remembering flashes of like brief things I'd seen throughout the years and I was remembering like Beyond the Thunderdome not the original Mad Max so I thought it was more deserty but the original Mad Max like took place in like like the Wikipedia page calls it dystopian and so Mm -hmm. it's there's still a society it's just collapsing and i really really like the stylization of fury road like the colors are amazing the sounds are incredible the sound design the cinematography the world like i really really like the um the warriors how they like spray paint themselves they spray paint their mouths silver and they say like witness me before they die and i think that that's really cool for us as the viewer to just get thrown in the middle of that like they don't explain their traditions to us we just see it and we get on board and if you don't get on board you're lost and that's your fault you know just get on board right ride with them and i think that's so cool and the movie is so fast-paced it tells you what you need to know when you need to know it and you're just along for the ride and i think that that's such a cool aspect of the movie it's it's so awesome and the visual effects are like the the weird weird creepy really gross visuals a lot of the time like work so well in the movie and like the weird guitar player that they bring when they're chasing things (laughs) like that I just think it's it's so incredibly creative and so loud and so fast and so cool that it you can't help but get sucked in and and it's it's immeasurably fun i think but also weird and gross and yeah yeah like the guitar player like they 
they show like his face and he looks all like disfigured and stuff and like creepy and um i i really agree with you too that it's very like aesthetically pleasing with the uh, the difference between the sky and like the land and stuff is is gorgeous i mean it's a gorgeous film really yeah um i was gonna say something else about um oh oh uh about their whole like oh the sh- like follow or like die and and go to valhalla shiny and chrome or whatever with like the the yeah um so it's interesting that there's maybe a little bit of worship of like uh norse mythology yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i thought that that was cool and it seems like you know it's again like a vikings kind of thing where they want to die in battle because that's seen as like the manly or like you know that's how you go to valhalla or whatever so all these these war boys are going out and maybe that's why nux didn't want to stay is because he would have rather died like in battle than like at home you know because yeah, it's for like, sure yeah like he may be sick but then when he is he's like talking to a morton joe at one point and he does like the shiny and chrome thing and um and nux is just like ecstatic ecstatic over it you know like he's just like I'm going to die and I'm going to go to Valhalla. Like, this is great. You know, he's like, I'm so excited. Um, this is all I've ever wanted. Like, he's, it's just really like, that's really like, it seems like the war boys, that's their primary goal is that they fight until they die and they die for their leader, which is a Martin Joe. And which, I mean, they're, they're incredibly brainwashed, obviously to me anyway, it seems um but it's do you think that they are like painted white or do you think that that's their skin color i the whole time i thought they were well because they're like really pale i i guess the whole time i thought they were painted white um but that's a good question. What was the intention for us to think that's their skin color? I thought they were painted. Right. Because I think when you see them up close, like the guy who was like, the guy who kept coming down Furiosa's uh, truck to talk to her and ask her what was going on, when you see him up close, I thought his skin looked like it was painted. It didn't look like skin. Right. So, but that's a good question. I don't know. What did, what did you think? I thought, I mean, so we've talked about like a little bit of an incest thing going on. So we don't know where these war boys came from. I'm assuming that they were probably kidnapped when they were young and turned into like, you know, um, essentially like machines of war. Um, And I assume some of them are children of breeders. I would. Yeah. Well, especially the one who's like, I had a brother and he was perfect in every way, you know? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, that was that was. I mean that we did know that that was a Morton Joe's son. Mm-hmm. Yes, he has the worst name, Rictus Erectus. I was like, ew, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. He could be a member of Guar with that name. <laughs> like it sounds, <laughs> sounds rapey. Because <laughs> like, it sounds like to that's me. actually something that I wanted to talk about is the there's like a rape theme in this movie that there's also a rape theme in the original Mad Max. Okay. In the original Mad Max, there is the implied rape of a man. 
Oh, okay. And I know that this is totally irrational, but it's almost like it's more, it was more shocking to me to see a man had that had been raped than it almost is to see a female. And that's really weird to say. And I can't, I know it's irrational and I can't explain it, but I was so jarred by that visual. Was it a man that raped him or a woman that raped him? He was raped by a man, a member of the gang run by toe cutter. And then he had a female with him and I think, and she was like chained up afterwards. So I think the implication was she was probably raped too, but um, but then that theme is consistent in Fury Road as well. And it's very, it's an intense, it's intense. It's a thread that runs through the whole movie. And, and I assume through the franchise since it, it was prevalent in the first one, you know. And um, so that's another interesting thing. And I guess the War Boys probably are products of rape as well. Yeah. I would imagine so, yeah. And I mean, those women that he kept in that one, like in the, it was like a vault, like essentially. Didn't yeah, the like women a that vault. Yeah, the women that escaped. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So toast the knowing, the splendid Anga Angaharid, um, capable, the Dag and Cheeto, the fragile. Um, they seem like they were kind of like the top of the line as far as the breeders go um and they were likely to produce the children that would later well i mean they say there's like there's like something written on the floor that says like our babies will not become warlords Mm -hmm. and then i think there's something else written like as you look further or he goes like further into the their their apartment or whatever you call it um but i can't remember what that says but um so it seems like they are the type that when he is reproducing with them, that whatever they produce are going to end up taking over for him or end up being, you know, brainwashed into warlord type capacities. Cause I don't think that it looks like, like Rictus would really be taking over. I don't know why, but it just strikes me as maybe he seems like a very like simpy character. Like he's very much like, what do you need father? You know what I mean? Like not, I mean, he's a tough big guy, but like you get what I mean. Like he's like, I'll do whatever my daddy tells me to do because I'm his number one boy. You know what I mean? Like, you're just kind of like, okay. (laughs) He was like manhandled by the the little guy sitting, looking through the telescope because the guy looking through the telescope, like grabbed his chin. It was able oh, yeah, to like yeah. control him. So yeah, I agree with you. I think you're totally spot on. Yeah. Yeah. And I doubt that the little guy would take over because he seems like he's like any moment from dying, really. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. he's very sick. Uh so I think maybe as far as any of the war boys go, they could be from any number of women that had been brought in or kidnapped or whatever, you know, because I mean they could have like they could have you don't know but the implication is that there could be like farms of women that are just producing war boys essentially you know and i don't know i'm i'm guessing um but it's there's just so many of them that i'm i'm wondering like like just where do they come from and i, I don't know i think it's a number of different ways you know yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that there's implications that they're, and they all have, like, Nux has those weird 
like they all have these weird tumor things on them, like goiters or something, oh, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so they're, they they yeah. all have some sort of deformity, which makes me think they could be the product of something like you said, like inbreeding and farmy, farmy inbreeding and, and all kinds of stuff like that. And that's an interesting aspect as well. Like he has little smiley faces on his little tumors and he's like, yeah, they'll kill me Larry or I'll die Barry. in battle. Hmm? Right. <laughs> Aren't they Larry and Barry? I didn't I didn't remember the name of them, but yeah. I think he named them that. He's like, are Larry and Barry are gonna kill me? And and um Capable goes, Who Larry and Barry? And then he shows her his little <laughs> tumors. Maybe you know yeah, what I'm starting um, to think. I think I agree with you. I think maybe their skin is white. I don't think it's makeup. Yeah, it, it looks like they're very pale. And I mean, it looks like they do wear makeup as far as like under their eyes go. Obviously, um, you know, Morton Joe does. He wears yeah. like fierce, he's got fierce eyeshadow. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, that boy needs a makeup artist. <laughs> Just anyway, so. Yeah, that that's kind of what I'm thinking is that that's their skin color and which seems so unusual because it's a it's a desert. So there's going to be a lot of sun, you know, but it seems like um, they spend a lot of time in the caves underground. Yeah. 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 So it's it's interesting. I don't know. Very interesting. Yeah. But, I um I like the visual of them, like that big thing of steering wheels. And when the battle is starting, they all grab their steering wheels. And this one guy yeah. is like, this is my opportunity to take Nux's steering wheel and like take over. And I thought that that was just a cool, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I did too. I like, like the almost like the, too. what I like the steering wheels too. Cause they were like, they had like skulls carved in them. Yeah, they were, they were stylized cool. for the the owner, like yeah, I guess personalized, and it's kind of like there's a guy that has like an awesome car that you're envying, it, and then finally you get a chance to drive the car. So I like that that the other war boy was like, "This is my chance. I'm going to take a steering wheel and drive his car." But Knox was like, "Nope, that's mine." And, and I thought that that was, I don't know, just <laughs> so many cool little details of things like that. I really like. Yeah, Nux was like, think again, bitch. <laughs> and, like, knocked him over the head and, like, ran away. Um, yeah, I I like that, too. And so do you think, um, going back to Max, do you think that girl that he kept seeing, was did he say that was his kid? Or is that just, like, some girl he tried to save? I, at first, I thought it was his kid. But as the weird flashbacks went on, I thought, because he saw flashbacks of other people adults included and so i think not having seen the like the thunderdome movie or if i don't know if there's another mad max movie after that but i was thinking maybe it was like a village of people that he couldn't save or something and a little girl right but i don't know because in the original mad max he has a little boy but right. um obviously this is like a reimagining so i i don't know i started thinking that it was like a village of people and not his child but i don't actually know i think i could see an argument for both yeah i don't think he 
he ever says it because I'm actually looking at the quotes right now and one of the things that he says is um I am the one who are uh, oh no, 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 no okay <laughs> I am the one who runs from both the living and the dead hunted by scavengers haunted by those I could not protect so I think that you're right it's probably like a thing where he maybe tried to uh, protect someone and, and he just couldn't do it yeah uh, yeah I mean, like I'm maybe sure it's that, kind of like a like a schindler's list the little girl in the red coat sort of yeah. thing you know yeah definitely i mean i think it's it's probably that he's maybe more haunted by this little girl because um you know i mean it's she's a child well and it's you know it's traumatizing either way like he can't save these people he watches these people die i'm sure that he's traumatized for he seems like he maybe has ptsd you know yeah he's got issues for sure that he yeah yeah i mean i don't know how you couldn't living in this place like i don't know how every person is not like every week going to their therapist and being like i killed 10 men again <laughs> i'm feeling a little guilty about it this time you know <laughs> i was kept in a cage and used as a blood bag <laughs> yeah um do you think i'm gonna be okay probably not <laughs> anyway yeah it's um I, I I was just curious as to what you thought, you know? Yeah. No, I started thinking that she was just one of a face that stuck out from like a whole group of people that he maybe like a clan he used to go around with that died and he's like the last left or something. And right. I I don't I I kind of like the ambiguity because either way it works. Like, if you think it's his kid, it works. And if you think it's just a kid in a group of many, it works. Because either way, like, the world is so harsh and society has collapsed so much that even if, like, caring about somebody is, is almost, like, as futile as anything, you know? Right, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't think we're supposed to know as much as about Max as we are supposed to be about, like, Furiosa, you know? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we don't hear much about the girls and, like, their story. But, um, I mean, you can, you can see, like, the different kind of personality that each one of them has, you know? Like, like Cheeto, and I, like, kind of forgot, like, the ending of this movie, but where she was asking Rictus to, like, take her back, and then she ends up, like, screwing them over and, like, helping, like, have Immortan Joe meet his death. Um, because at first, there's, like, that one scene where she's, she's, like, I'm just gonna head back, you know, like, there's no use, whatever, we're just gonna, and they're trying to, like, push her or pull her away from there, which I can kind of understand I mean like I don't and I do understand where she's coming from because it's like you, the uncertainty of like not knowing if you're going to survive this escape attempt or you know you go back knowing what your fate is and it's like what do you do like it's like I mean how many people are faced with this situation every day you know and um I think she looks so young she's like in her early 20s and it's just like how like how can you make that kind of choice you know yeah I think it's interesting to think about the fact that they probably had the best life of anyone there 
and their life was awful because they were assaulted, like raped. But if you cut that out, if you don't, if they weren't raped or assaulted, they lived the most luxurious life of anyone. Yeah. Because they had that nice little area and they were well cared for. And so I can totally get why somebody so young would be like, listen, I can put up with being attacked by this guy, but I'll be comfortable at least, you know? And I think that that's, that's interesting because I agree with you. Like how messed up does the world have to be where that seems more appealing than escaping? Especially the fact that women in their position, I would assume one of the other reasons why they stand out is because they were strong enough to want something better for themselves and the baby, like the two of them that were pregnant, you know, like, Wait, were there two of them that were pregnant? Yeah, at the end, um, the dag was like, stay in there, little Joe. And one of the Volvolini said, are you pregnant? And she was like, yeah, it's probably going to be nasty like his father. And she's like, it could be a girl. You don't oh, remember that? Yeah, that's okay. right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you made I a face totally... and I was like, you don't remember? No, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, had, I had an itch on my foot that I was trying to scratch and listen oh, to you at the same time. That makes sense. Because <laughs> <That makes sense. laughs> the look on your face was like, you were like, did we watch the same movie? No. She no, just no, I felt like she yeah, I definitely remember that. She seemed like she was very angry about the situation, which I don't blame her. I wouldn't really want to carry my, you know, well, I wouldn't want to carry my Well, I watched, child. I watched the extras on the Blu-ray on the, the disc and they, um, Rosie Huntington Whiteley said that before she started, she played this splendid Angerad. Angerad, yeah. She said that she did research about women who were impregnated by via rape and like the the mental space you kind of are in. And I thought that, that was interesting to learn because it's something that, yeah, it's totally, totally different than getting pregnant by accident with a partner or getting pregnant from a consensual one night stand or getting pregnant with a long-term partner, you know? Yeah. big And, and I think that that's interesting. It's, it's such a heavy topic for like, this movie is full of very heavy things. And if you parse them out, it's like, Oh geez, I don't even want to think about this. Like, I don't, I don't even want to think about it. So I think that that's, an interesting and very yeah. deep aspect of the movie. Yeah, I mean, I think that it seemed like Angharad wanted to protect her baby. That's the impression I got. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I mean, it is still her child. She could have love for a child that even if it is a Morton Joe's, it's still her, it's still partially her child, you know. Uh, but um, and I really actually liked her character a lot yeah. of this. Yeah. yeah. And like the way, like there was that one scene where they're, they're shooting and she like, like half, like s- kind of steps out of the car and like, is, is like, if you shoot, like, you're going to have to shoot me first. And then that stopped them because he's like, oh no, not the precious baby, you know? And, um, and I've only ever, I know she's like a model, so I know she, she's not in a lot of films. Um, the only other movie, or the only other movie I've ever seen her in was in like the third Transformers. 
and oh yeah yeah and I didn't like her in that and I don't think it was really her I think it was her it was just the way she was written but I also was like a huge Megan Fox fan so I was like oh that's fine yeah just replace Megan Fox that's okay all right like I was pissed off about it so I was like I am not going to enjoy this movie if I can help it (laughs) you know what I didn't really Sam Witwicky (laughs) actually um Patrick Dempsey was in it and he was a villain in that and I really liked him in that role I was like wow Patrick Dempsey makes a great villain and I've kind of been like Patrick Dempsey play more villain in his characters because I'd love to see you in that kind of role again yeah I think uh he's definitely typecast as like the male love interest oh big time (laughs) but the scene that you're talking about where she like makes herself a human shield Mm -hmm. I really really like that whole like how that all plays out and it's extra heartbreaking because she doesn't make it because i love how so max is driving and she is sort of and they have to do some sort of quick maneuver and she sort of falls out the door Mm -hmm. and then he hits like a rocky outcropping and you think oh crap she fell but then she like swings back up and he gives this like half-hearted like orange cassidy thumbs up and and he just kind of like waves her off and it's such a good moment between them and then she and then i'm like yes go splendid angerad that was awesome and then like the very next breath she dies or she gets trampled and it's so like it's jarring because she's just like victorious over this moment and her and him have like this funny little like connection when he sees that she lived and everything and then she falls and 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 then it and then it just gets even more sad that joe picks her up and she's basically dead like she went under the wheels but they cut the baby out which is pretty gross and and he only cares about the baby and it's even it's just so distressing like the highs and lows that you go through in just a very small amount of time I know. And you, okay. I have to ask you a question first. Did you say orange Cassidy? I oh, never, yeah. I don't even know what, what is that? He's, <laughs> he's, this, he's this wrestler on um, AEW, which is a professional wrestling promotion. And he plays like this California cool guy who's just kind of like super laid back. And he gives like, when he gets to the ring, he gives like this limp thumbs up that's like <laughs> this. And he's just like too cool for school. <laughs> okay. Because I was like, I was like, like I wasn't sure what I had heard. I was like, I'm pretty sure I heard her say orange, but I'm like, maybe I'm totally tripping out. <laughs> but you did. Okay. No, let me see um, if I can find a picture of his thumbs up so you can say what okay. you were gonna say and I'll try okay. to find a picture. Uh also I think part of what makes that whole scene so heartbreaking is that you're not like you as a viewer you see her like go under the wheels but there's like a part of you that is so hopeful that she's yes she's lived you know and you're like well you're like well I don't know I didn't fully see her go under like maybe she's okay you know and and they're all like go back go back but but he's like no I saw her go under the wheels you know and yeah um, and I even like thought to myself is he lying I like I did it too I thought yeah because he was very like he was like no uh-uh, no and I was just like it, <laughs> like the other day when when Emily was here the other day 
I was asking her a question. I can't even remember what the question was, but she was like, well, yeah, uh, maybe, sure. And I was like, I need you here. I need you to say the words. Yes, I want to do this. And she goes, <laughs> yes, I want to do this. And I was like, thank you, because you were really wishy-washy there, and I had no idea what you wanted. I was like, <laughs> you know, and it's kind of like that. Yeah. Like, Max, did she go under the fucking wheels or not? Yeah. Is <laughs> she dead? What happened? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I was afraid... Um, I'd seen this movie once before. You and I actually saw it together. Oh, did um, we? Yeah, in the theaters. And uh, that's the only time I'd seen it until now. And I was actually afraid because I couldn't quite remember what happened to her. I was afraid that I was going to see her. We were going to see her in the next scene and she was going to be alive and well in Joe's car. And so as gross and disturbing as it is that they cut the baby out, I was m relieved that she... I didn't want her to die, but I was relieved that she died you know yeah 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 I mean, so i yeah. sent you a picture i sent you a picture of orange cassidy so you can see his <laughs> his thumbs okay. up <laughs> so now you'll get the reference <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right that is a very like half-hearted like <laughs> like oh yeah thumbs up or whatever you know? <laughs> just the coolest orange cassidy ever <laughs> yeah now you can start using that reference and people will be like oh do you know orange cassidy and you're like do i do i oh my god i totally know who orange cassidy is that's so <laughs> crazy i was just thinking about orange cassidy it's funny <laughs> that you said that like i was like what i wonder what orange cassidy is doing right now <laughs> <laughs> the scene with the baby was so disturbing because uh, the guy who did it was like, oh, another month and you would have had a, a son, a healthy son. He's flawless in every way, you know, and it's just. Then Joe says to the rictus erectus, like, oh, you had a brother, mourn your brother. And he's like, I had a brother. He was perfect in every way. And it's so weird and disturbing. And everything about it sort of makes my skin crawl but in an exciting way because the movie is so bonkers it's awesome mm -hmm. <laughs> you know like everything creepy and gross that puts me on edge i also think what other movie has gone here you know yeah and i mean you don't it's the whole baby cutting out is like totally implied you never see anything except for the umbilical cord and i was like real worried that that guy was gonna be like i'm just gonna chew on this for a yeah bit. i was like i was like i was like please god do not put that in your mouth please do not put that in your mouth do not eat the fucking umbilical cord and he was like playing with it in his hands like he was like i just got a thing of silly putty and i'm just gonna wrap it on my finger like, i thought like, the same thing i had the exact same thought ugh. and it was pretty bad yeah it was really I mean, he didn't, but the fact that he was playing with it was like, okay, you know, yeah. maybe stop playing with it. Don't play with it. <laughs> like, don't. Don't do it. I, the Volvolini, first of all, I thought it was, I thought it was Volvolini. So did I. I kind of wish it was because I was like, okay, that makes sense. Like, they're all women, all you know, whatever, Volvolini, the Volvolini, um, when that one woman is on like she's like naked on that thing oh yeah I thought that like 
I don't remember what I was expecting, but for some reason I thought that she was going to like hang herself. Oh. Like I, yeah, like I, again, so I saw this in 2015 when it came out, you and I did, and I don't remember like a lot. I didn't remember a lot of it. Yeah, so I didn't, I, like, I didn't remember the trap or her in that cage yeah, thing either. I didn't either. Um, but I really liked that there was like this group of awesome like motorcycle riding women <laughs> and and it was so sad to find out that the green place didn't exist anymore which you kind of like expect as you're watching the film because you're like okay like things are the way that they are in this world and if like if the rest of the world looks like this then the green place is not there anymore and Furiosa's reaction to finding that out and she like Charlie Theron is such such an immensely talented actress and so emotive and when she like dropped to her knees and she like screamed first of all I don't know how you feel about this but I the, and this is I'm not saying that this is what happened in the movie so just I just want to say that first but one of the things that bothers me is and I can think of a movie that perfectly encapsulates this <laughs> this trope and it's um I believe it's one of the it's one of the Wolver no it's not Wolverine I mean it is Wolverine but it's one of the X Men movies I think it's the last one the Last Stand and it's when Jean Grey dies and like Logan like falls to his knees and like holds her body and he's like no and I was like oh my god and I was like not like it wasn't to me an emotional or moving scene it was just stupid because he's like no <laughs> like, and, and I was so worried that Furiosa was gonna do that but instead she just like dropped to her knees and like took off her her prosthetic and like just screamed and it was so heartbreaking and like just you could tell that she was just in so much pain that this is like what she's probably dreamed of for like her whole life is just going back home and being in the green place again and being where she knows she's safe and she can live her life as a woman and not be assaulted and <clears throat> come to find that all these years and all this time spent you know telling these young women like I'm going to take you somewhere that's so special that's so amazing that's so magical and it's so safe and you're going to be okay there to now find out that she can't do that is you know and they're like still consistently in danger it's like nothing has changed yeah and i mean and again charlie's theron is just such a talented actress she's great yeah and she was great in this role because she walked the line of being very very tough but also emotional which yeah. is really refreshing to see uh, that uh, the female character can be uh, graspable almost like mm. I can I can see what makes her tick but I also believe that she's very strong you know she's not right. aloof and 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 I think that that's really hard to capture and she did such a good job doing that and and I I I liked how her and Max slowly started trusting each other as well i liked their relationship in that way where she was almost like she trusted him a little bit because it was necessary but then as he proved himself and as it became 
more and more necessary for them to work together she trusted him even more and to the end to the point where at the end she was like we're gonna give you a motorcycle and you can you know you can come with us or not and and i think when he was like i make my own way i feel like she was maybe almost disappointed Mm -hmm. because they had become this like group of like warrior group you know yeah and and so i just i i really for a movie that's not subtle in the slightest the subtleties and the complexities in the group dynamic was really well done yeah i agree because you can see it going from these women who are terrified of this guy who think that he's going to kill them to these women who are like, okay, we can trust him. We mm-hmm. know he's not going to let us down. And uh, yeah, it's, um, I mean, I, I, I like this movie. I think it's great. But I actually, I want to talk about Morton Joe's death scene because. Let's do that. Let's do it. Um, <clears throat> so I liked. I I want to start prep. I want to preface this by saying there's a lot of movies where the death of like the antagonist or the villain is kind of like 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 it. Someone's like, oh, we're gonna kill him. Okay, it didn't work. So we're gonna kill him. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. but this, drawn out. It's so drawn right. out. Right. With this, it was so quick that you almost like don't even realize that it happened. And I like that. Me and too. the reason I like that so much is that I think that with him being a warlord, and I don't I don't even know what the word immortal means, but I'm gonna look it up real quick. According to Google, it just means immortal as to why it's immortal instead of immortal. And someone wrote, in my personal opinion, it's a blend word or really rough portmanteau word. So what words? I I just read this on like Quora. <laughs> so um uh, I don't think if Morton has like a meeting. I think it just means immortal. I just always thought it was like just a made up made up creative slang. Yeah, for immortal or something. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. Um so I think that with the idea of him being a warlord and having access to like fresh water and food and all this stuff that he's seen as kind of like this almost unkillable person. Oh, and for the sure. Fact that he died so quickly and in such a brutal way by having half of his face sliced off was like, was perfect. I think for the end of his character, because it was just like, Oh, Hey, guess what? Immortan Joe, he ain't Immortan no more, you know, like, <laughs> And he's just as human as the rest of us. And to have that kind of character die in such a human manner is is great. It's refreshing. And it just shows you like like, you know, the like they're they're displaying these women as as being weak or being, you know, like they can't take care of themselves or whatever. But the reality of it is is that you know, he is just like them. He can die just as easily as Ankarad did, you know? And and I liked that it was just so simple and to the point. And then you're like, okay, he's dead. And that's it. You yeah, know? I liked it when Zoe Kravitz, I guess her character's name is Toast the, Toast knowing. the knowing. I liked when she just said, he's dead. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, yeah, the war is over. He's dead. 
And I, I really liked that. I agree with you as well. It's just done so fast and, and when so she satisfying. Said it, when she said it too, I was like, is she sure? <laughs> and then he, he looked pretty dead. Like his half ahead. And I was like, oh yeah, no, he's, yeah, he's, mm-hmm. yeah, he's definitely dead <laughs> for sure. They did. There was something really creative that they did with him uh, at the beginning when he comes out of the cave and he's addressing the big crowd of like peasants is they made him seem very terrifying because you see them, you see his like whole entourage dressing him and giving him like his oxygen mask and everything, but you don't really see his face. But then you see him after that when he's in the whole getup and he looks pretty creepy, but then you, the camera goes to the perspective of the crowd and you're looking through one of the, the peasant down there, one of his, one of the peasants has like this looking glass that you're looking through. And so you see him sort of with this like lens flare and like a fisheye sort of situation. And he looks just like so imposing and terrifying and weird and like a monster. And I think that that's really well done. It's really creative to make him look not only is he like way above their heads, but he's so tiny they can barely see him. But what they can see of him is like terrifying. He's got this like wild hair and you can't help but like have this awe and like reverential fear of him, I would think, if you were in that world. And he controls the water supply, as you said, so they're beholden to him. And I think that they they do a really good job just making him seem so unpleasant and so disgusting and so ugly and scary. And then he dies so with with so much with no fanfare he dies with no fanfare and it i agree with you it's perfect it's really well done and it's successful immediately and it's just it's it's a really it's it's refreshing (laughs) yeah it is so i had i just had a thought so immortan joe is also very pale when we talked about the war boys being very pale i'm just thinking i feel like that's their skin color and i feel I think like you're they're right. all children of him yeah yeah i think you could you be know, right like yeah yeah i i they they all have that similar paleness and and you know i mean you said that each of them have some sort of like deformity or disfigurement you know and it's you know it especially with the whole like half-life thing so i think that oh my god i thought i just saw a bug on my ceiling and it scared the shit out of me i saw you look i saw you look and i thought what's she what's she looking at so (laughs) it was like a no it's like a little like chip off my ceiling it was not a bug but anyway chip off the old ceiling there's no bug (laughs) what a chip off the old ceiling (laughs) chip off the old ceiling exactly um I mean, if they if they all have these issues, and obviously, like Rictus is not in the best of health because he had his like I don't know oxygen thing, and then there's the tiny guy who couldn't even walk. Like, and there was the guy that looked like he had like big tumors all over his legs too. Oh Did yeah, you that him, guy? I think that I don't think that was. Oh, <laughs> so speaking of him, first of all, I think that might be. Um, I think that might be gout maybe yeah um which is like a rich man's disease essentially is what they say uh because people who 
I have gout usually eat really, really, really rich food. So, um, oh, did you notice that he had, he had like pieces of his shirt like um, cut out for his nipples because he had nipple piercings? The guy, with the guy Rick with just, gout? Oh, oh, I maybe. I don't, it's not like in the front of my head, but he's like, it's several times you can see him where he's just like, he's playing with his nipple. <laughs> Like he's just he's just playing. He's like touching his nipple. He's like rubbing his nipple, and um, and I had never noticed that too. But then Emily had pointed out, and she's like, "Dude, he's got nipple piercings." And I was like, "What?" And she's like, "He has holes cut out in his shirt to show his nipple piercings." And I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> he's just he's Regina George, <laughs> right? But he had like a like a connected piercing. Like there was like chains oh, and geez. everything. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't make me feel comfortable in a post-apocalyptic wasteland where you're running around and what if those chains get ripped off? <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. Didn't he die anyway? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 And so, there was the guy who had like a metal thing over his nose, which I was like, does he have like syphilis or something? <laughs> that's the same guy. Oh, that's him? Okay. That's the same guy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think he was his child though i don't think it was a martin joe's child no i don't think so either um i think he was just like probably a i don't know <laughs> like a an advisor or something yeah, yeah. like <laughs> but either way he was living the rich life because i'm pretty sure that he you know i'm actually gonna look up the symptoms of gout because i'm curious i guess it can the joints can become inflamed but i don't know if it's that level of Okay, so he has handcuff-shaped pincers on his nipples, which protrude through holes cut in his suit jacket. He's riddled with diseases. He wears a metal nose cap to cover his nose that's rotten from leprosy. Oh, leprosy. Okay. His right foot is heavily bound and swollen, rendering him incapable of walking or entering vehicles without assistance. And he also wears a gas mask catheter. Um, a gas mask catheter yes that's what it says his attire and behavior strongly suggest sexual deviation he takes pleasure in killing and pain he's no stranger to cannibalism and gluttony which is cause of his obesity uh and that's pretty much it about him but Hmm. i mean He's gross. Yeah, that's way. pretty gross. So I didn't. I don't know if he has gout or not, but either way, the guy's. I wouldn't be surprised if it was gout. Like, I'm kind of disappointed they didn't. Kind of disappointed that they didn't say, but I definitely like kind of wish it was syphilis over leprosy. You know, like you just kind of want him to be like a little gross. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I feel bad saying that because there are people who have gotten syphilis and it's a terrible it's a terrible sti and everything like that but there's just like he's just such a like just such a gross creep that you kind of just want him to like have that extra like uncared for like syphilis like he's just like that kind of nasty like you know what i'm like i'm not slut shaming i just like want to point that out there i'm feeling like embarrassed from saying this i can feel my face getting hot but like you you get what i'm saying right? i don't think any i don't think you're saying anything offensive you're fine okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> like my take a lewd man jeez 
Oh my god, my right cheek is like a lot hotter than my left cheek. <laughs> She's talking about her butt right now. My butt, yeah. <laughs> I'm just touching my butt. Doesn't everyone do that? Can I tell you a story once? Or can I tell you a story about my butt? With that segue, I would love to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so this was like years and years ago when I used to live on the other side of the state. And I was walking into the mall with my friend my friend Val and she's been on you know she you know as our listeners know and uh <laughs> I started feeling something sharp on my butt and I was like what the hell is that feeling and it was just this like sharp little like it would kind of go away and then it would come back and so <laughs> in full view of everyone uh, walking into the small I straight up stuck my hand to the back of my pants in my underwear and I found a, an open safety pin <gasps> chilling in my underwear <laughs> where did it come from I have no idea but she was like Lauren what are you doing Lauren what are you doing and I was like I had to get the safety pin out <laughs> so that's You're so punk rock that's a story about my butt yeah <laughs> that's Sounds like a scary discovery. It's all good, you know. I didn't hurt myself. I got the safety pin out in time and in time. You know? oh, in time. <laughs> so I have a question for you. At the end of the movie, yeah. when they go back and they take over the the area and mm -hmm. you know they've killed Joe and they take over and they just turn on the water. Did, were you afraid, like, well, don't leave it on because eventually it'll run out again? Like, did you think that? Like, what do you What do you think? I know that the movie is super far fetched in every way, so this is a stupid thing to ponder. But I've been thinking about it since I since the movie ended, and I was like, they'd still have to ration it, right? Like, eventually. But I mean, he he gets it, like he pumps it up from like an underground well, but. Can you just leave those running all the time, you know? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I would think that they would run out too. It seems like it should have, they should have like a time every day where people can come and collect water, you know? Yeah. Or like put a, like maybe put a big bowl down there. <laughs> yeah, or something. yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, the thing is that the way that it's dispersed already is such a waste. Yeah, because it's like by like, the time it gets to the ground, it's all foam or like mist anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so there's a bunch that's going on the ground, you know, it's just like someone needs to find a better way to to make sure that this is. Yeah, no, it, it's not. It's not a great. Yes, it made me worry that I was going to run out to answer your question. But also, it's just not a great system in general because it's like, it's like for 10% of what these people get, there's 90% that goes to waste. Yeah, you know? for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I think I mean, that that's part of the idea. But at the end, when like the warlord is dead, yeah, they definitely need to think of a new system for water. Like maybe yeah. plumbing or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely. Like, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and give these people something to shower in, for God's sakes. My yeah. God. Yeah, and um, I was really sad that some of the Volvolini died. Um, I Me really too. wanted them all to 
to make it because I like the paradox is that so they're riding off and Max chases them and is like, listen, if you go in that direction, you're not going to find anything different than just salt flats. But if you go back, there's plants, there's trees, we can take it over. And so you kind of like think some like I couldn't help but thinking they'd still be alive if they were riding off the other way, you know, even though the ending is good, like they've, they've gotten the vegetation and the water and they killed Joe, but it still was sad that, that some of the warrior women died. I really wanted them all to live, but um, I did well, it like- it always makes me wonder, uh, oh, sorry, keep going. What were you saying? No, I just, I liked the battle. I thought the battle was- Oh, me too. Mm-hmm. I, I, the, the thing I've, I've always wondered is, do you think that Max really knows what's beyond that whole area? Or do you think he's just guessing? I assumed he was just guessing, but he, I mean, the implication is, I guess he's a bit of a traveler at the beginning of the movie, you know, but, but I, I find it hard to believe that there's no green places anywhere. Like, how do you know? You know, I, the only thing I could think of was that eventually they'd run out of supplies probably before they found someplace worthwhile. So that could be what That's he what meant. I was thinking too. Yeah. yeah, like they could die before they get there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you had I mean, like the water truck, like the the truck that she was driving, maybe you could find some place because you had water, and you know. But yeah, no, I I agree with you. It's it's a risk either way, and yeah, like it's a risk going back, but at least they know what's back there, you know. Um, but like that one woman that had that basket of seeds there's just so much hope i think in that one little character and she wasn't a very big part but there was so much like where she's she's like sure nothing's taken root but i keep planting stuff and i'm hoping that something will yeah the, the fact that the dag had gotten the basket and took it after she had passed away and there was obviously kind of like a connection between them because she like put her hand on the glass like I'm so sorry that this happened to you and then she left um makes me like I like the fact that they did that because I think it presents that there's like a lot of hope for the future I agree yeah yeah, and the and that vegetation can thrive and that more people can be fed because these people look like they're starving too like it's not oh for sure yeah, yeah I mean they're everyone else is well fed and then we have like the fucking people eater who's like the nazi leprosy like gout maniac who's like just the biggest creep ever and and who's eating more than anyone else and who's you know i mean like literally like suffering from how much he's eating um and then there's these people in the streets who are just like i just want a damn cup of water like it's yeah you know and so I like that there is the hope that something good could come out of their sacrifice, you know? No, I agree with you. Yeah. Like it was, it was worth it for them yeah. to get back there and, and take over. Well, and these women, the Volvolini, they had to have known that um, going into this kind of, you know, fight that there's a big chance that they won't make it. Yeah, like I think they all knew that it was it could be a suicide mission for sure. Yeah, yeah. and the woman who, the woman who they ran down, I thought that was particularly gruesome. Who she basically like 
sacrificed herself. She kept shooting at Joe's car and shooting at it. And then they ran her over. And I thought it was really cool the in the battle scenes when they had those like like long poles that they would ride over to jump on the car. And then they used that to steal toast zoe kravitz character and that's actually a parallel they did that once in the original mad max they were chasing a uh semi to steal gasoline from the semi and they used a pole to like swing onto the top of it so i thought that was interesting like seeing that visual connection between the two movies but they did it way more in fury road and i thought it was pretty cool i really liked that it was definitely clever Mm -hmm. and they used a lot of like fire to their advantage too which i liked as well yeah Mm -hmm. um I mean, overall, it was it was definitely a clever movie, you know. Was yeah, it- and the way that the cars were like chop, chop, shop cars, like just yes, George Miller. It was George Miller. Parts, yeah, different parts of cars soldered together, basically. <laughs> Wait, sorry, I'm. I want to see what else he directs because I think he directed. Nope, he didn't. I thought maybe he directed the Dawn of the Dead. Oh, that's Romero, right? Oh, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah, George Romero. Okay. I was like, I was like, I swear that he directed that movie. But now that you say that, I'm like, yep. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. (laughs) That a zombie, like the guy that's known for his zombie films would direct a zombie movie. Um, Actually, that was on my list too of like post-apocalyptic movies. Did you ever see that one? Uh, I saw the new one from like 10 or 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah. With, um... Phil Dunphy. Phil Dunphy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I saw that one. Yes. I can never think of his name. All I can think either. of his name or him is from um, Modern Family and his character in the Muppet film yeah. where he's like, I am having lunch. It lasts for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> we are going on vacation. It lasts for six months. <laughs> yeah. I love him as Phil Dunphy too. He's, yeah. he's my favorite yeah, character um, in Modern Family is Phil. Yeah, I've only seen I've only seen the um the remake. Who's isn't there like a is Emil Hirsch in that? No. I don't think so. I think what's Freddie Rodriguez maybe? Maybe. Maybe not. I'm trying to think. Sarah Polly, Ring Rames, Jake Weber. I like Jake Weber for a lot of Kevin Zegers. Kevin Zegers, yeah. Oh, okay. Ty Burrell, that's the same. <laughs> Ty Burrell, yeah. Kevin Zegers, a.k.a. Poor Man Zach Efron. Yep. The one person we agree with that <laughs> agree together looks like Zach Efron. Yeah, the, only, <laughs> the only person out of the 12,000 people you say look like Zach Efron. <sighs> There's just a lot of men out there that look like Zach Efron, okay? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, anyway, so... Oh, I want to look up what Furiosa is about now. So let's see if they say anything about what it's about. Okay. One of the scripts completed for a Fury Road sequel was entitled Mad Max Furiosa. Oh, wow. In October 2020, it was confirmed that Anya Taylor-Joy would play young Furiosa in a Furiosa standalone prequel movie. So that's, there's not much information on the wiki page about it. That's just what I looked it up. But, um... So I if, the, if and Morton Joe's going to be in it and if they're going to have to play some use someone else. Well, if it's a yeah, if it's a, if it's a prequel, then I guess they could get away with having maybe somebody else, I don't know. Maybe like a younger version. 
Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I, I hope that the movie gets made because I bet it's pretty cool. Um, we'll have to go see it together. By then, we'll be we'll able to. finally be able to. <laughs> We're so excited because she and I are getting... When are you getting your second vaccine? Uh, it's like the middle of May. Middle of May? Okay. Yeah. I'm getting mine next week, Wednesday. So we'll finally be able to be together. We'll be <laughs> able to so record excited. together. Yes. Because we've been doing things over Zoom and like we occasionally see each other like to drop DVDs off, but it's not the same. We're not like hanging out. Right. So, yeah. So it'll yeah. be nice. I did want to talk about uh, Furiosa getting um, injured. So she's <gasps> yes. injured and oh, her yes, lung is yes. collapsing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he does that medical procedure, which I've seen in a lot of stuff before and I'm kind of like borderline like could I do that <laughs> you know um, I don't think so um, I, I don't I wouldn't trust myself um also like blood and anything I'm like no no <laughs> thank you um I thought I I thought she died honestly I was like because then she started like bleeding out you know and I was like oh my gosh yeah. I couldn't I didn't remember she she lived or not so I couldn't either um, I like that he took, you know, he, he knew immediately what to do and, um, you know, ended up saving her life mm-hmm. with this procedure that he did. I and like I, that he apologized as he did it. I thought that was endearing. Yeah, me too, me too. Um, I, and I think that really like, like solidifies their relationship, like as far as, um, respecting each other goes. And I know that we talked about this earlier, but I am so, so fucking happy they didn't include a romantic aspect to this. Yeah. I've talked about this so many times in other movies when they do that. It drives me nuts if it doesn't feel like if it's not, if it's not done right, it's just bad and it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And um, they never seemed to me like they were the type of characters that would like hook up or get together because they're obviously very closed off people. So it's not like... You know, and it, it just, it, you know, I don't know. And, and I'm I just, think they, they're too busy surviving. Yeah, exactly. And they've got too many demons almost, like, because I agree with you. Like, they don't seem like characters. I mean, I guess maybe if he stayed around, maybe 10 right. years later. But yeah, no, I'm glad that they didn't write that storyline either because it just would have been so forced and not believable. Yeah, and I couldn't, even if they did end up together, I could see it being more like a companionship than like a romance, you know? Mm -hmm. It was more like, we respect each other. I know where your head's at. I know that you're not going to betray me. And so we're cool, we're chill together and maybe we live together, maybe we don't, whatever. Right. But like never, like you, you can't suddenly include romance in you know a movie like that between these two characters and and just have everyone be like oh yeah that totally makes sense like i'm like no don't do that because that's stupid i also i also think that a woman who was kidnapped as a child and all intent all implications point to she was raped by uh joe i feel like it would be even harder for a character like that to like it would be even more of a stretch for me to see her in a in a romance at this yeah. juncture like like i said maybe after years when she's settled down but still i agree with you i think maybe more of a companionship aspect because of all they, they've both been through but her especially you know 
Oh, big time, big time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't need to see another, um, and I'm sure I've talked about this before, but Skyfall, where he <laughs> joins the sex slave and the, like, oh my God. Just, I think about that scene every now and then, and every now and then I get, like, just enraged. Like, it pisses me off so much, that scene, because it's just so disgusting. His behavior is so disgusting, and I know this is not that movie, but really bugs me well i think it's 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 a little bit of a tone deaf thing to put in a movie because if i remember that scene correctly he initiates it right because he gets in the shower with her yeah but she like before they like they're sitting and talking and she's like oh yeah i've been a sex slave for like 12 years or something like that like some ridiculous like long amount of time and he's like oh okay that sucks yeah that's really sucky and then the next scene, she's like, I'm just taking a shower, just chilling, doing my own thing, like doing myself. And he's like, oh, hey, girl, what's up? And she's like, okay, come on in, because this is what I'm trained to do. Like, yeah, because I, I was thinking, because I think a scene like that, like, because James Bond is supposed to be this, like, ladies' man and everything, but all they'd have to do to make, because I agree with you about that scene, that seem, seems so crazy to do something like that but all they have to do is have her initiate it and it would change the whole tone yeah exactly so i know exactly what you mean and i agree with you and yeah. i but i i do think the same thing as what you said about this movie is just they have a connection they're companions and i think that that and i'm and i'm also glad that max didn't stay like he was walking away he was leaving so he didn't change his plans he just he helped them get there but he's still gonna go off in his own way and I, I like that as well. I do too. Mm -hmm. I think that that felt right for the character. Yeah. So would you recommend the movie? <laughs> I would. Definitely. Especially if someone likes action films and post-apocalyptic films. Um, if you're a fan of Tom Hardy, if you're a fan of Charlize Theron, you definitely should watch this movie. It's, it's, a, it's very well done. Big time. Yeah. What about you? I, I would 100% recommend it. It's so wild. It's so wild and crazy. It's in your face and bombastic and loud and colorful. So I, I think it's just, it's intense. It's gross. <laughs> and it's just a, a big, like, messy gift that you just get to enjoy. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then think about all the weird stuff after it's over. Think about all the weird stuff that's in it. And yeah, it's fun. I recommend yeah. it. And thank you to John because this is a really fun movie to rewatch. And it was, it, it was, was cool. definitely, it was, yeah. uh, I, I liked it just as much as I liked it the first time. And I was yeah. happy about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe a little bit more. It's so engrossing. Like it is. Did Emily yeah. like it? Yeah. She loves that movie. Yeah. She thinks that she and I saw it together, but you, you probably did. You and I saw it together. Well, I saw it. The first time, I saw it with you for sure because it was your idea to go. But oh, okay. you might have seen it with her as well. Oh, I think I, I think I've only I thought I only saw it twice now, but maybe I've seen it. Oh well, whatever. Either way, yeah. I enjoyed it. So if you are interested in listening to more, you can catch us on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you want to keep up with all the crazy things we're posting online, 
you can check us out on Instagram at Watchers of Movies or at Facebook at Watchers of Movies. We have a website that's watchersofmovies.weebly.com. We also have another little Instagram called The Watchers Who Find Things, and they occasionally post things that are like funny and movie related or just things that I think people enjoy. Mostly movie related because, you know, we watch movies. Yeah. Anyway, thanks so much to uh, Mike for our theme music. Yes. You can find him on Twitter at the Mike Show 42. His name is Mike Myers. Thank you, Mike. And oh, wait, wait, I forgot to mention the email. Oh, no. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> you can also, if you'd like to just chat or send us a message, whatever, um, you can email us at watchersandmovies.com or no <laughs> watchers some movies at gmail.com <sighs> if you would like us to review a movie head over to itunes and give us five stars this really helps get our name out there and write a review with the movie title you don't have to write a long review you can just put the movie title if you'd like five stars movie title we'll shoot that one up to the top of the list that will take priority if that's not something you want to do, you can always send it to us through any other means, and we will add the movie to the list. It just won't take priority. Yep. And I think that is it. Is it not? It is. It is. Well, join us next week when we have a brand new movie. Yay! <laughs> Bye. I've never said that before. <laughs> Bye.